small particles with a big impact. I'm Mia Quinn, host of Sustainably Speaking. This week, we're putting plastics under the microscope. I'm joined by Dr. Jean Hinkett. She's the sustainability lead for BASF Corporation's Biodegradation and Microplastics Center of Excellence. Jean, thanks so much for spending time with me today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's just start with what's a microplastic? Why are people worried about microplastics? Like, why are they in the news these days? Sure. There's generally no one accepted definition globally in terms of what a microplastic is. But if we go to the very basics, a microplastic is a solid plastic particle insoluble in water that is smaller than five millimeters in size. Okay. So anything that, that, like the size of an eraser on a pencil or smaller. Correct. But for us, it's something that we can't physically touch. We can't see it. It's difficult to analyze. Okay. What is the difference between a primary and a secondary microplastic? Yeah, that's a great question. A primary microplastic is one that starts its life cycle within the size range uh, of a microplastic. So So smaller. Yeah. Smaller than the little pencil eraser. Correct. So the majority of microplastics generated and found in the environment are known as secondary microplastics. So those that are, are created over time through external exposure, like mechanical abrasion, sunlight, biological interaction, things of that nature. Okay, so secondary, an example of a secondary microplastic is something like what? An example of a secondary microplastic could be from our clothing, for example. So plastic fibers, if we have synthetic material that we wash and dry within your lint catcher, effectively. Microplastics that don't start their life cycle is within that size range, but rather these larger pieces that slowly fragment over time. We have road tire wear and then fragmentation of larger plastics. So that's what we call secondary microplastics. So I know you study like the life cycles of plastics in addition to all of this. And so why is that so critical to reducing the amount of microplastics? So if we understand when this happens for a product under different situations, we can then either make a product that is more durable and doesn't have as much release into the environment as an example, or you can generate a product that should be purposefully degraded under controlled conditions. So end of life being chemical recycling, mechanical recycling, or composting, organic recycling. Okay, we're reading a lot about microplastics. There's a lot of questions concerning the potential risks and hazards associated with microplastics, as well as where they're found in the environment. Let's talk about solutions. Sure. So a lot of our efforts for microplastics specifically focuses on improving the fundamental science. So the characterization of microplastics, the identification, the extraction from the environment. We work on developing methodologies that provide high quality assurance and high quality control so we can better extract those microplastics so we can quantify them appropriately. And then that would give us a sound foundation scientifically for further hazard and risk assessment down the road. If we understand why microplastics are generated, how they're generated, and how they're leaking into the environment, we can generate programs and effective measures to prevent them. And that's what you're doing? Yes, yes. When we think about solutions for plastic waste effectively, we want to make sure that we're not creating that waste in the first place. So in the future, when we we make next generation products, 
we can make products that don't lead to further pollution down the line. Well, that sounds really good. So how are you doing that? Yeah. So there are a few ways to do that. In industry, we typically call it the circular economy. I'm sure, Neo, you're very well familiar with. (laughs) I am, but, you know, that's a lot of science talk for a lot of people. So let's just remind people, circular economy means keeping things in use again and again so Mm -hmm. that we don't just use them and then throw them away. We keep them in existence. Right. Absolutely. But for us, it's also figuring out how do we make sure that from cradle to cradle, so to speak, we think about our materials in a circular form that they're not leaking into the environment. And to achieve that from a product perspective, there are two different streams that you can take. So one is if you have a material where you can reuse again and again, and two is making more durable materials. So if you make something where you need to replace it less often, then we have less concerns about waste leakage, for example, or you know we're just producing less of that material because they're more durable. The more we understand about microplastics and how they're formed, the easier it'll be to innovate new materials that can either not generate microplastics or have much fewer microplastics formed because of their existence. So this is where, if we go back to our circular economy concept, we have a couple different levers that we can pull. And my team here and colleagues within North America, we do a lot of work to support the innovation that we have here at BESF for these new products. You're doing so much here. Talk about your team. You've got, I met your team today. We went on a tour and saw all of the innovative technology you're using. It was very impressive. And you seem to have an amazing team. Oh, absolutely. My colleagues are awesome to work with. And they're experts in their own rights for various techniques and different topics. And so I really need to lean on them for basically making next generation analytics or methodologies. We have folks that are experts in microscopy and a technique called pyrolysis GC mass spec that allows us to tell how much of a microplastic or nanoplastic we have down to 0.05 milligrams, really small amounts. And we have folks that are experts in spectroscopy, which involves the study of light interacting with with matter. So it allows us to chemically identify microplastics in complex samples. And we have others that are working with biodegradable methodologies. So determining whether or not a new product can biodegrade. One of our innovation areas we have here at BASF. Do you work with others outside of BASF? Absolutely. We're not doing this alone. So it's not just me at at the BASF Corporation, of course. Within the company, there's hundreds of folks working on this, and there's thousands that we work with as well. Scientists at, like, other companies? Yes. Within industry, we have collaborations with other industry scientists and, and consortia, for example. We also work with government scientists and with a wide variety of different academics and different universities across the world. In Germany, for example, for analytics, for toxicology, for nanomaterials analysis, and for risk and hazard assessment, the Alliance to End Plastic Waste has a variety of different cleanup efforts out there to tackle the problem directly. It really does take a global community to tackle such a complex topic. And this is what we're doing. Good. I'm glad to hear so many people are working on this. Absolutely. So working with academia, working with government and industry together 
we are striving to better understand microplastics, to better understand their potential impacts, and to directly address plastic waste issues, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. And needs to happen at the same time as everything you're doing. Absolutely. That's great. You've been working on it for a while, but it's in its infancy still, right? Mm -hmm. As time goes by, we make a new, better, more sustainable product as an example, but it really does take some time. I mean, the best scientists in the world are, are working on these topics and doing so at a global scale. So we do need to make sure that we understand that there's steps to achieving that vision of a circular economy. And it's iterative. I think that's an important point too, is we can't suddenly jump to one solution or a solution. We need to make gradual progress. Patience is um, often the hardest part, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Because it took us years to get here Mm -hmm. and it's gonna take time. And this is really important to me, to my team, to many colleagues who are passionate about this subject to study this. It is an important issue and we wanna make sure that we get the science right from the very foundation. Okay. How did you get into this? Yeah, I started my microplastics journey specifically in grad school. So I ended up working with a number of different scientists at the University of Michigan who are focused on understanding microplastics in the Great Lakes. So my small portion of that big project was to help with the analytics and method development to identify those materials. And that leaked into my postdoc a little bit. When I went to industry then, the microplastics topic was brought to my attention once again, and at BASF Corporation, of course, sustainability is at the forefront. So when it was found out effectively that I had some background experience in academia, that's where I began to get more involved in advocacy and in helping some of the research in the North American region. I love to be a part of that and help driving that science. What do you, I guess, what are your hopes for what all this work you're doing? What's success for you? Hopes for what I'm doing. Yeah, um, I would love to continue to make progress with the hundreds of colleagues that I, I work with in sustainability by generating more sustainable, innovative products, by making a difference in plastic waste issues globally, and simply to provide a better platform for generations to come from you know a day-to-day basis. Success for me is being able to make an impact for more sustainable products to support innovation and also to do exactly what we're doing right now. So to get these really complex topics to the public so that we better understand them as a whole and so we can more appropriately address them in the future. What advice would you have for the person who's out there saying to themselves, what can I do? What can I do to help? Like, while this, I know you're making progress and, but what can I do in the meantime? Sure. Of course, there are, you know, little things that one can do day in and day out. Things like making sure that your plastic materials are being recycled, that composting or compostable materials goes in the composting bin, checking to make sure that that material has a certification sticker on it. Looking for sustainable products specifically to use in their daily lives. You can educate yourself as a consumer. So we need to recycle. We need to make sure we're recycling right. Correct. Believe it or not, I know how to bore a crowd with this topic. <laughs> you did not bore me. I bet you're very popular at cocktail parties. Oh, absolutely. I hope we can keep in touch and I can follow sort of your progress because I feel like we are good hands and I'm impressed with everything I saw today and, and just thrilled that you are dedicating your career to this. So thank you and thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you so much for this opportunity. Happy to chat today. 
to our listeners, thank you for joining us. If you want to hear other episodes, make sure to subscribe. I'll see you next time on Sustainably Speaking.